Bookstore and The Secret Garden. Welcome to Simple Life Radio. I'm your host, Cynthia Fernandez. And Simple Life Radio is a weekly program focused on the simple pleasures in life that somehow get overlooked in our sometimes hectic and overstimulated lives. And we host local guests with uh, little gems of wisdom to share that perhaps remind us that we have little gems also to share. I hope you can take the time to listen today and that you enjoy the show. The natural world has really inspired artists, seekers, and thinkers for millennia. But in recent times, as the pace of life has really sped up, it demands us to stay indoors more often. So nature's capacity to lead us to important truths to invigorate and restore our imagination and equilibrium is infinite. Step into nature is a guide to make natural personal connections for us again, to stimulate awareness and increase our understanding for the environment while inspiring us to develop and strengthen our imaginations. Patrice Vecchioni shows readers how nature can support and enhance their own creative output, invigorate their curiosity and restore their sense of connection to the earth. Plus it includes in each chapter, the Cabinet of Curiosities exercises suggestions for practical and unexpected ways that we can stimulate our imaginations and deepen our relationship with nature. Patrice is the author of Writing and the Spiritual Life, as well as two other books of poetry. She's also the editor of many highly acclaimed anthologies for children, young adults, and adults alike. She's taught creative writing and collage workshops at universities, libraries, and communities, and spiritual centers like Esalen Institute. She also teaches workshops outdoors through parks, departments, and recreation centers, and she lives here in Monterey. So welcome, Patrice, to Simple Life Radio. Thank you, Cynthia. I'm happy to be here. Congratulations on that newest book, Step Into Nature. Isn't that published by Beyond Words? Beyond Words, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so when will it be released? It's due out the 31st of March. Wow, that's just Soon, around the corner. Yeah. 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 Now, I know we have a book launch planned at the bookstore at Pilgrim's Way Community Bookstore in Carmel, and that's for shortly thereafter, I think the week or so following. April the 9th. April the 9th, yes. And so um, I'm wondering if you have a favorite piece from your book that you'd like to share with us. Sure, I could read a short piece from that the book. That would be awesome. Kind of get us all set up here Absolutely. for what's coming. Absolutely. Um, this is just a tiny, a tiny piece um, because it's about when we are in nature, out of a car, not on a bike, not on a horse, but on our own feet or sitting there, we can observe things that otherwise would not be noticed. That is really true. Yeah, lots of things, an enormous amount of things. A couple of weeks ago, walking on Jack's Peaks Lower Ridge Trail, a former logging road, I heard a sound coming from the low trail side bushes and stopped. 
It was a small animal sound, kind of a peep, but not bird-like. A few feet further along, I faintly heard the same sound, curiosity lit. I placed myself between the two sounds, stood looking, listening, waiting. One gray mouse darted out from the brush, wriggling around, flicking the ground with his long tail. A little ways down the trail came the other one's squeaky voice again. Two mice were talking to each other. (laughs) I think one mouse said, here I am. And his companion responded with something like, oh, great. I'm on my way over. (laughs) As I listened to the chatting mice, a poem written by a first grade student of mine played through my mind. I am the wind, quiet like a mouse, singing to his brother. (laughs) That's delightful. (laughs) That is amazing. Well, I'm, I'm just wondering, what are some of the ways that you see the wild and the contemplative facilitated by nature? Because those are really kind of, I don't know, two different regions, really. Well, of course, just like nature has its wildness, we have our wildness. We have our untamed aspects of our personalities and our spiritual selves, our inner lives, places that are deep and like caves, places Mm. that are sequestered like a grove of redwood trees, places we don't know we can reach because they're so high up there or they're so down under, buried Mm. in the roots. So when I'm in nature... I walk a lot at Jack's Peak Park. I'm reminded of my own wildness, the parts of me that are unkempt, that don't fit into society. Mm -hmm. And that experience of being reminded is a contemplative experience. Mm -hmm. You know, so so I, I think actually there's a quality of the contemplative within the wild because the wild is unstructured and contemplative experience especially these days is got to be done outside of the structure of our regular lives boy isn't that true <laughs> yeah i mean where do we get the the time to the be time contemplative to reflect to reflect yeah. i get that time particularly when i'm out alone in the woods. You know, you bring up a really good point because we have an abundance of resource for information, for music, for image, entertainment. Um, and, And in addition to that, I mean, just going through the grocery store, there's lots of things sort of competing for our attention, including advertisements on the floor. (laughs) And the ticket things on the side and the blinking lights. And so it's customary for people to go home to relax at night and actually turn something on. Their computer, their TV, their stereo, um, LPs are getting popular again. But again, that's, that's oftentimes coming into us rather than allowing us to actually sort through and organize what's already in there. Right. It's an external stimulation that when you hear voice and you hear, uh, you know, the TV, it it requires a quality of attention that's very linear and rational in nature. 
when you're out on the woods, there's a quality of attention required, but it's like, oops, there's a branch over there on the ground. I better watch where I put my feet. Right. You know, and if you're not walking really fast, even when I set out to go fast in the woods, I end up rather quickly <laughs> slowing down because I get so curious about where I am. And then I'm in a contemplative space. It just, it's just, I'm not overstimulated. Yes. I'm stimulated, yes. But the pace is my choosing. The stimulation, the way it comes in is more my choosing. That's right. That's right. And if you've ever actually sat down in nature, uh, maybe you're taking a break, you're kind of tired, you're sitting down, uh, oftentimes there's a brief stage of the thought that, you know, nothing's happening. Oh, absolutely. It's so great. It's so great. I love that. Yeah. Oh, here I am. Doing nothing. I'm sitting on the forest floor. <laughs> it's kind of boring. Yeah, There's yeah, nothing yeah. happening. Well, hang on a second, yeah. because all you have to do is take a couple of, you know, slow, clearing breaths. Yeah. And there is so much happening. You know, it's it's, but it doesn't come at you uh -uh. the way a computer screen or the way the TV comes at us. That's right. Or the way the stoplights and the you know, the traffic come at us when we're on on the road. I love watching the squirrels. I think that's my favorite thing, fa favorite creature, favorite the, <laughs> the squirrels and the wind. Those are my two favorites. Wow. The squirrels, they're not flying squirrels at Jack's Peak Park. Not technically, but I tell you they're flying squirrels. <laughs> they hear me coming and they jump, they leap from branch to branch. And you can watch them go from tree to tree to tree to tree to tree until you can't see them or hear them anymore to get away from what, you know, from my presence because they think I'm, I'm going to hurt them and and they're it's like watching a flying squirrel it's it's really phenomenal the way the tail moves yeah and, yeah and um well, a couple of summers ago I ha made friends with a particular squirrel and I never saw the squirrel but when I did a particular walk for about a quarter of a mile the squirrel and I had a conversation almost every day of this certain summer and actually I never even wrote about that in my book I wow. but, uh, I should have um, but the the squirrel and I talked now I don't know what the squirrel was saying and I imagine the squirrel didn't know what I was saying but that we were having a conversation is verifiable because it was very much like he said something and then I said something. <laughs> and then he said something. And sometimes I thought I was being asked a question, and other times it sounded like a statement. And I know people listening may think, oh, yeah, that woman, she's a Lulu. <laughs> I'm not a Lulu. <laughs> so how did you know it was the same squirrel? Because, mo well, I mean, I don't really know. I mean, that's the truth. But I don't you had really, a sense about I had it. a sense. And the reason is most squirrels will not do that with me. Uh -huh. When I hear them making noise in the trees, they're usually admonishing me. That's what my sense is. Yeah. I'm here. This is my space. Move along now. Keep going. <laughs> that's what I think they're saying. But this squirrel made noises from up in the tree. And when I responded, instead of sounding harsh, like, <laughs> it actually was kind of calm uh -huh. and slow. 
And it didn't run away. It didn't do what I was describing before of right. leaping from branch to branch and getting out of range. And how long did this go on? It, I mean, in terms of, like, was it every week for a month? Or? Yeah, it was. It was every. It was at least a month, if not two or three months, uh-huh. where I didn't walk the same trail every day. But when I would take that trail over the course of of, of the summer, the a squirrel on one stretch of trail, and I didn't stop. I okay. kept walking. You kept walking. But I, ke- I would walk slowly. Yeah. And then we would get out of the way. It, the conversation would end is we couldn't hear each other anymore. Ah. Or at least that was, my, you know, my <laughs> my sense of it. I know. The guys with the white coats are outside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I really appreciate your enthusiasm and your willingness to disclose. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the other thing is clearly my imagination And that's what this book is about. The subtitle of the book, Step Into Nature, Nurturing Imagination and Spirit in Everyday Life. So clearly in both the story of the squirrel and the story of the mice, my imagination was engaged. Absolutely. And it doesn't really matter to me what that squirrel was saying. What matters to me are two things. One, that I imagined this whole conversation right that and two that there was something happening there was something whatever however one defines it something was occurring whether it was a different squirrel each day I don't think so but I don't really I mean I don't really know because how would I know even if I saw the squirrel even if he came up and shook my hand I don't have the ability to very well distinguish one squirrel from another though the squirrels know each other. Yeah, I was going to say, I actually know some people personally who, you know, with some attention, can distinguish a slight different marking around eyes or mm-hmm. ears right. or, um, you know, sometimes they have a scar or a, right. a, a, a twisted hand. Uh, maybe the a, tail is yeah. not the same. Yeah. The tail's... So with, with some observation and, and real, you know, focus on detail, you can distinguish them apart. And they have personalities. This they is what so I do. find so interesting. That squirrel's personality was completely different than any other I've encountered. They're, they're the, the other ones are tend to be, I'm going to get the hell on out of here, or they, <laughs> they yell at me and yeah. tell me to get out of exactly. there. Right? But exactly. this squirrel behaved differently. And it's happened with birds, too. I definitely have conversations with birds, uh-huh. even walking once with my husband he said uh babe this the bird's talking to you and i said duh (laughs) i know (laughs) so i wonder patrice um if your connection with nature your experiences in nature are affected by your frequency of visiting and also your focus absolutely absolutely Completely. I mean, I walk at the park between three and six days a week at that particular park. When if I go to Point Lobos, I feel like I'm having an affair. (laughs) (laughs) It feels like, oh, shoot, Uh, I should not be here. I should be in my... I'm I'm dipping into foreign territory. Right, right. And it's, you know, Point Lobos is so special. And Jack's Peak is kind of a little, you know, none of, not as spectacular. It's it's a more subtle place. And so, yes, absolutely. The more time I spend there, the more enriched my whole life becomes. Yeah. Interesting. Well, it certainly does speak to relationships with the animals. Oftentimes, um, especially Western culture folks, 
go out into the woods and they, I mean, I've heard people say this. Oh, there's there's no animals here. Right. Oh, right, there's right. no birds here. I come here every day on my yeah. way to so-and-so. Yeah. And there's never any birds here. And... Uh, <laughs> And the birds hear them coming and just get the heck out of Dodge. Right, right. It also depends when you come. And if you're talking, that's why one reason I like to walk alone. You know, if you're talking to someone, then the birds hear you long before they hear you if you're just walking by yourself. That is so true. There's also something called concentric rings, which is uh, not something that you would hear necessarily or see, but they're, they're more energetic. They're certainly measurable. The presence of your physical being has an energetic imprint, like a signature that goes out in front of you. You could call it your aura, but it's not exactly that. Mm -hmm. And the birds feel uncomfortable if you're angry, let's say, or Mm -hmm. maybe you're worried or maybe you're scared. And that's how they survive out there. Absolutely. They have to have every part of themselves paying attention. That's right. And I think, you know, my guess is that the ones who survive year in and year out probably know who I am, you know, that, that, I mean, they don't, they don't know my name, nor does my name matter to them, but they probably recognize the pattern of my step. And um, I'm, I'm sure that there are, um, there are mountain lions. I often feel observed when I'm in the woods by, by animals. Oh, and, I'm sure you are. Yeah, and I'm sure that I am. I mean, besides the, 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 um, the squirrels uh, and the birds, I, I know there are mountain lions there. And I imagine that they have witnessed me many times. And I, you know, when I first began walking, I was afraid out there by myself. And the first day I went to walk alone at Jack's Peak, a man rushed up to my car as I was getting out of the car. And he was very excited and he said i just saw a mountain lion oh my gosh it's the first day i was going to go by myself oh he my said gosh. i just saw a mountain lion i said oh what i tried to act mildly <laughs> disinterested oh really what happened and he said he was lying on the trail just lying there and when he saw me coming he got up and he stretched and he walked away and so again, very casually, I said, and, and which direction was that? <laughs> <laughs> and he said, oh, lo- we're, you know, where Lower Ridge meets Pine. I said, oh, yeah, huh? And so he got in his car and he went home and I walked in a different direction. Of course you did. And I knew that at that moment, if I had not gone for my walk because I was afraid, yes, I would have never gone back to the, to walk alone. And for six months, every walk I took, I was scared. Really? Every walk I took. Well, did you think about, you know, like, what would you do if? Oh, yeah, I thought of everything. I I just let my imagination go down the <laughs> really bad path, you know. What I would do if 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 there was a crazy man out there. What I would do if there was a, you know, if a lion came out. I mean, I did ev- I did all the and I w- it would ruin the walks because I was never there. Yeah. I was in my head, stuck. Mm-hmm. I might as well have been at home watching, you know, a scary TV show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and But it took six months, and all of a sudden, one day, I didn't, I, I write about this in the book, I didn't tell the fear to go away. One day, it just wasn't there, and I went, where, oops, what, oops, something's different. Oh, oh the fear is gone. 
oh, I get to be here. Uh, wow, look at where I am. It was so cool. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, there there are hazards in our life, period. I mean, you could stay indoors. There are hazards. Right. You could get on the uh, in your car and go on the road. There are hazards, etc. But um, I've noticed. It's funny you should say that because uh, mountain lions are a reality in our in our very naturally beautiful environment. Mm-hmm. They exist around here. We share the space with them. And you hear at times about people who have uh, very negative consequences. <laughs> During right, the day, but I mean, not it, very often. Not very often, but it does happen. It's something you know that is not an exaggeration. It does happen, and and I notice myself. You know, I uh, hurt my knee, and so my activity really dropped. I didn't go out for walks like normal, and I my life got really busy. I didn't have time out in nature as often as I used to, and then when my knee got better, and I headed up to Garland Park. I was scared. Yeah. And I and I and I just you know, I was very difficult to to um to sort out internally how much of it was really inappropriate. <laughs> right, right. And how much of it was a message that I just needed to pay attention to. Mhm. Mm-hmm. But I also know as you're saying that you know, I've been sleeping outdoors for six months at a time without a thought. Mm-hmm. And it was curious to me why the difference would be there. Yeah. I think you got out of practice. You got out, you know, you got... If you stay inside, it's much more predictable. When you're in nature, it's unpredictable. You're right. I mean, when you're on the road driving, of course, it's unpredictable too. But... You don't have a car around you when you're you're just and if you're by yourself you're just you and you're much more vulnerable. You're much more vulnerable, and the possibility of something happening could have more dire effects. But I just, what I came to is, what? How do I want to live my life? That's right. And when I was writing this book, I walked every single day. I would get up at about four thirty-five in the morning, write for a few hours, and I'd go walk. And I'd carry a journal, and I took dictation from the trees. And I kid you not, you know, I got so many ideas and so much inspiration being out there. And I would just write as I was walking. I couldn't even keep up with what was wow. coming through. And so what, I'm going to trade that because I'm, there could be a mountain lion somewhere? Mm. Please. Mm-hmm. And if I got killed by a mountain lion... What a great way to go. <laughs> That's right. I mean, I hope I don't, I really. Yeah, you're not calling I'm it not in. I'm not calling yeah. it in. Not at all. I mean, I, I've got a book coming out, and so Mountain yeah. Lions, wait till I'm an old woman, and <laughs> yeah. then you can eat yeah. me up. Uh, <laughs> That's right. That's a really good point. Yeah. There's a story about um, this person has two two wolves. Um, um, I think it's a Native American story. And um, one wolf is fear and the other wolf is love. And a child asks the person, well, which one, you know, gets bigger? And he says, the one I feed. Yeah. Where do you want to where do you want to invest yourself? Yeah. Yeah. There's also uh, uh, a Native American perspective that I ran across a number of years ago. Um, 
in general, it's called Ropes to God, and and I know that it is a book. I've been furiously trying to find the the author. I think it's Brandon Keeley, but I'm I'm don't quote me on that. Anyway, the the way that uh, this perspective goes is that everything that you spend time with you you send out a little thread of connection, an energetic thread. And let's say that you go to Jack's Peak. You start out with a little thread of connection, a little bit of familiarity, maybe a beginning stage of knowing where things are and how things feel and what things sound like. And every day you go there, that thread gets a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger. And where we want to get is that that connection with the things that we value becoming a rope. Mm. And that rope not only is a vehicle of communication, uh, I mean, practically speaking, we use ropes to help us. Mm -hmm. They keep us steady. They sometimes are used to rescue us. Right. Yeah. Right, and to get us sometimes from one place to another, exactly. a rope bridge. And, yeah. yeah. So the perspective from the Native teaching, as it was shared with me, um, is one where you actually consciously realize you have the ability to make a connection with the things that you value in life, the things that look after you mm. in life, mm. and much like the two wolves it operates the same way you're creating a rope whether you realize it or mm -hmm. not but you can really create some great ropes absolutely yeah and that comes with the uh, building of a relationship really oh yeah you know I, there are about 10 miles of trails in the park proper and i know i know all of those trails a little bit Mm. I know some of them really well. I know where when it's when there's a breeze, it's going to be particularly blowing. I know where there are views. I know where when the yellow ladybugs are out, where they'll be flying. Wow! And, you know that's that's it is about relationship. There's one particular place where the flickers often are. Oh, I love those flickers. They're, oh, I love. They're my favorite bird. Wow! They're so beautiful. And they drop their, you know, at fall and at spring when they molt, they drop their... Their orange... Uh, arrow feathers. Yes. 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 They're so magic. And, you know, the other thing, I know flickers, um, for those of you listening, they're within the woodpecker family. They are, they are woodpecker. So they're a little bit bigger than the acorn woodpeckers we're used to seeing. But um, they operate differently. I mean, I've had bird feeders before, and the acorn woodpeckers were really aggressive. Hmm. They were really aggressive. When they wanted that bird feeder, nobody was going <laughs> to mess with them. And they were loud, and they had big families and, you know, really established territories, definitely in groups. Flickers more often are singular solitary they're solitary um, I had a magical experience at the um, new Kamaldolese hermitage in Santa Lucia down in past Big Sur I was staying there and if you if you don't know about this they have a fabulous place 
where you can rent. It's a silent retreat kind of center, and you rent a little cabin, a room, and every room has a patio, a yard that overlooks the ocean. And it's two and a half miles up, so you get a really good view. And I was sitting out there in that yard. Of course, you can't talk, you know, all that. And there were a pair of flickers just on the other side of the fence, just scurrying around the ground and relating to each other. And I just couldn't believe it. I mean, I must have watched them for an hour or more. Wow, that's really lucky. Yeah. Yeah, because they're really shy. They're really, really shy birds. Yeah. They When they hear me coming, they just, they are gone. <laughs> I know. So fast. You try to stalk a, a flicker, it's Good hard. Luck. Good luck. <laughs> I think you have to lie down on the ground and become a, a rock yeah. in order to do that. Yeah, totally. Well, your commentary about experiences in nature is really inspiring. And I one of the things I love about what you're sharing, Patrice, is... No matter who is listening to this and like where you live, we all have a relatedness to the natural world somehow. Well, I mean, the truth is we come from nature. I mean, that, and we, t- it's very easy to forget that if you live a life that is house to car to work to to car, to grocery store, to car, to home. If that's, you know, you know, if you have kids and you're taking them and picking them up from school, it's, it's easy to forget that we that is we are nature i mean that's not only do we come from nature we are nature mm-hmm. we we are not plastic we are not metal you know i mean metal you know essence of course nature too but we are nature and and nature is in places that are so easy to access i mean if you can't go out for a walk lean your head out the window and look up at the sky breathe nature there it is. If all you can do is get down to the corner park, there is nature. It's right there. Um, so it's, it's, it's everywhere. And the more you look for it, the more you find it. That is true. Yeah. You can have just a sit on your front porch. Yeah. And sip your tea or your coffee in the morning, whatever it is that you like. So um, you have a local event coming up this Sunday. That would be tomorrow, yes? And that is with the Monterey Poetry Consortium. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, that will be at Old Capital Books downtown Monterey on Tyler Street. And I will be reading with a Santa Cruz poet. Her name is Danusha Lamaris. And she and I will be reading at 2 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. And did you happen to bring something of hers that you can share? I did. I did. I have several, a few of her poems here. And um, this is, um, this poem is called Fictional Characters. Do they ever want to escape, climb out of the white pages and enter our world? Holden Caulfield slipping in the movie theater to catch the two o'clock? Anna Karenina sitting in a diner reading the paper as the waitress serves up a cheeseburger. Even Hector, on break from the Iliad, takes a stroll through the park, admires the tulips. Maybe they grow tired of the author's mind, all its twists and turns, or were finally weary of stumbling around Pamplona, a bottle in each fist eating lotuses on the banks of the Nile. For others, 
It was just too hot in the small California town where they'd been written into a lifetime of plowing fields. Whatever the reason, here they are roaming the streets, rain falling on their phantasmal shoulders. Wouldn't you, if you could, step out of your own story? to lean against the doorway of the five and dime, sipping your coffee or your life somewhere far behind you, all its heat and toil, nothing but a tail, resting in the hands of a stranger, the sidewalk ahead, wet and glistening. Mm. I just love the imagination she has. That's Danusha Lamaris, uh, the imagination of... I would have never occurred to me this poem mm-hmm, to write mm-hmm. something that the fictional characters might want to get out. Yeah, yeah. Well, it takes me back to, um, oh gosh, what was that movie that uh, they had animated characters mixed with human actors? Hmm, I don't know. Yeah, that was that was fun. So that's 2 o'clock tomorrow, and where's that located? At Old Capital Books, 559 Tyler Street, downtown Monterey. Hmm. And I have lots of other things coming up a little bit later on. Yeah, tell us about that. Um, Starting in January, I'll be offering a six-week writing workshop in Monterey. And um, in February, I'll have a one-day writing retreat at the Oceanfront location in Santa Cruz. I'll be teaching collage workshop in February at Open Ground Art Studios here in Seaside. Mm, Nice. Lots of of stuff coming up. And if people are interested, they could um, go to my website, which is patricevecchione.com, P-A-T-R-I-C-E-V-E-C-C-H-I-O-N-E. Thank you for saying that. I was trying to remember to to get that out there because uh, you have a lot going on, and you, um, I think, also have a mailing list. So if people want to know about what's coming up, you just get your name on that mailing list. And That's right. And I've got a blog. I'm blogging twice a week right now. And every Saturday, I write an art-making inspiration. So for writers or painters or musicians, if you subscribe to the blog, every Saturday you'll get a prompt in mm. your inbox. And um, then you can go and make something. Our guest today, Patrice Vecchioni, local author and workshop leader, instructor, uh, poetress, um, inspiration. Thank you. Yeah, Mm -hmm. your newest book, Step Into Nature, and that comes out, you said, March 31st, 2015. And our event, uh, book signing launch, will be at... um, Uh, the Carmel Art Association across the street from the bookstore in Carmel at Pilgrim's Way on Dolores between 5th and 6th. If you want to find out more information about that, um, our phone number 831-624-4955 should do it. You'll get a hold of us there. And uh, I am your host, Cynthia Fernandez. This this, uh, show is Simple Life Radio. Patrice, I have a poem. Great. I'm ready to listen. <laughs> well, I want to set the stage. You know, I mentioned that I hadn't been able to get out in nature. I really crave time outside for all the reasons that you said and, and probably a few more. And one of my favorite places, um, it's kind of a local secret, is uh, over in the Carmel Meadows neighborhood. Oh, yeah. I've heard about this place. I've never been. Um, the, the road is Ribera. And you just follow that road all the way to the dead end, and that is the trailhead. And you have a choice between taking a pretty long stairway down to the beach or staying where you are and following the meadow above the beach. And that's my favorite place. So I had an extra hour. I took off there without really being 
you know, planful about it. And then I just let myself be there. No agenda. Mm-hmm. I was the visitor. Mm-hmm. So it's titled The Ocean Side. The Ocean Side, where I sit still, gathering Earth's energy that moves around me. Air breezing by my face as sunlight shines its warmth on my skin. Gratitude fills my heart, spilling over into waves as they thunder onto the, onto the shore before they drift out to sea, stretching in all directions to faraway lands. This is the place I learn. I learn about contrast and diversity. I learn about complementing differences and harmony. I learn about rhythm and timing. I remember about rest and restoring the creative. I leave the finite and return to the infinite. So there's a whole list of things that nature teaches us, and some of those in your list were things I don't think of nature teaching me. Oh, really? Well, diversity. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, <laughs> it's really, I mean, it's, it's, it's really clear that nature does do that. And, it, and nature teaches us a lot about rest. You know, the animals who, who rest, the plants, the plants aren't producing all the time. They're not flowering all the time. They that's know right. to rest. They know to be fallow. And, and that's the only way for regeneration. That's right. So it's very cool how you incorporate all those things into one poem. Well, it's it was just a situation where I sat down, you know, after a good little walk. I sat down and I just was listening into how I was feeling and what I was picking up and what I was feeling. And, and that's what came. You hmm. know, it's sort of like... Uh, when you hear a conversation, if you were to um, tell someone what you heard, mm-hmm. yeah, it was like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, wow, that that one hour was so restorative for me and grounding and, you know. And we're talking about one hour. hour. We're not talking about, you know, getting new boots and going out <laughs> to the Sierra, you know. or yeah. you spending know. $500 at REI. Right. No, yeah. we're talking about put on your flip-flops and, <laughs> and go take a walk. Well, maybe not today. It's a little no, chilly it's, out. No, it is chilly. But, you know, it's so – somebody came into the bookstore this morning and said, wow, everything outside in nature is just like – cheery and bright and the flowers and the plants and the trees seem like they're in a really good mood (laughs) yeah yeah i went walking and my husband said almost exactly the same thing we went walking early this morning he said everything looks happy that's right that's right and you know i'll I'll just share another quick thing our where we live paul and i live in carmel valley and the carmel river runs behind our house Mm. now that river has been um i mean it has not been flowing for months Many months. And we've lived there almost nine years and never seen that before this year. So a few days ago, we had um, like the second storm. The river still wasn't flowing. When I went home, Bella and I looked over the bridge, and it was still like, you know, there's water there here and there, but it wasn't flowing. The next Mm. morning, Mm. it was not only flowing, it was this thunderous roar (laughs) we could hear from the house inside with the doors closed. Oh, wow. And to me, that's just a reminder about the testimony. The earth will balance itself. Mm -hmm. 
the earth will come into balance and when it does it's really quick Mm -hmm. you know and i realize that it doesn't make up the 15 inches that we need but but it's a start well yeah and we've got three more days ahead of us this is the worst drought i read in 1200 years that is a long time. 1,200 years. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah. Well, that means we're getting it out of the way. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. That's right. You know, um, you teach workshops, and I was wondering if you could share with us some of the tips that you admonish people, you know, encourage people to access um, in order to get in touch with their creative within. So um, we all like rules. Everybody likes to have rules. (laughs) (laughs) They make us feel, and they really do actually make us feel safe. Um, The rules I give for writing are the first rule, and this can apply to any art form. What you write does not have to make sense. That's really an important thing because we strive to make logical sense in our lives because most of the time they need to. They need to be directed and we need to make sure we get that quart of milk when we go to the grocery store. But when you're creating art, in order to find out what you most need to say or make, you need to have a sense of liberty. And the way to get that is to feel liberated from the rational mind. So the first rule is what you say or what you make does not have to make sense. That's a really precious permission. It's a permission. Exactly. Exactly. It will make sense, folks. It really will. But not in the inception process is not the time to think about that. Mm-hmm. So the second connected to that is don't plan what you're going to do. Don't plan what you're going to paint or what you're going to sing or what you're going to write. Don't plan it. Don't have an intention. Have maybe a rough sensibility, but not even so far as an intention. Trust your imagination is the next one. Trust your imagination. We tend to be dubious about our imagination. Oh, no, I haven't done this in a long time. (laughs) What if I make a mistake? Well, you have to make a mistake. That's the only way any of us can create is by making mistakes. And frequently... The mistakes are our little gems of brilliance. It's when I say what I didn't plan to say that I say something that that is most interesting and needed most to be say to be said. Once I wrote a poem and in the poem I had a line that I kept trying to dismiss. And the line finally insisted on itself upon me and it was it is so quiet my mother could be alive. Now the reality is, it doesn't matter how quiet it is, my mother is dead, she's been dead a long time, but there was something in that line that really resonated, like if it was just quiet enough, she could, I'd hear her, she, mm. she could be alive, I'd hear her, and the only way I could let myself write that down is to trust my imagination and mm-hmm. not worry about making sense. Yeah. So those are really, really important pieces. I find creating art in community to be very supportive. So if you are interested in writing or whatever your art form is, you might find a few like-minded people to gather because then you have the the desire to do it and you make an appointment and you're all sitting there writing together Mm -hmm. and there's a generative energy that occurs when we're all writing or making a a picture or whatever it is creative when we're doing it together we might be working alone but we're working alone you know in in tandem Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that's the, uh, I, I'm going to mess up the phrase, but it's something about the sum of the parts. Uh, the result is the, is greater than the sum of the parts. Right, right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point. Now, all of this has been very positive, so it leads me to a curiosity about challenges. Yes. So, um, what are some of the challenges, and I'm sure that you've dealt with them on, on many levels. Maybe you could offer some advice for, you know, from your experience of challenges you've encountered with dealing, you know, in the creative. Well, the, um, the, the, I call it the internal critic. Yeah. Is really, can, can really be a, a really destructive part of creativity you want to make something you want to write something and you sit down to do it and you hear a voice in your head that says any variation of don't do this <laughs> yeah it says it's wrong it's bad you yeah yeah any yeah it's it's not nice it's a not not <laughs> nice voice <laughs> and years ago i um was sitting in my office i lived in santa cruz at the time and i heard that voice and i looked up and i screamed at it and i said who are you and what do you want from me and in the room in 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 a kind of a a, a vaporous spiritual imaginative sense walked a woman wearing an Armani suit and three inch high heels <laughs> and she said when was the last time you cleaned your oven do something of use <laughs> I know that woman do you know her oh I don't like her and um I for the first time in my creative life I was in my 20s then I looked at her and I said get out and what was incredible to me, just like any bully, because the internal critic is a bully, just like any bully, if you stand up to the bully, the bully often shrinks. And this figure walked away. She clickety-clicked in those patent leather high heels, and she left. And she came back, you know, she, she visited. She visited. But it, it, what I did with that is I personified her. Mm. I gave this ethereal, formless part of myself because the critic is a part of ourselves. It's, it's not true. coming from outside. Mm -hmm. It may have come from outside, you know, in various points in our lives. It may still come from outside in various points of our lives. But the, the, it's, it's been internalized, so it's a part of us. We can't kill that part. We don't want to kill that part because you don't want to. It's part of the shadow. You don't want to destroy part of yourself. But it doesn't, it's about working with it. How are you going to work with right. this aspect of yourself? So what is very helpful, and I've done this for for years with students is to ask them if you could see your internal critic what would you see and I've had people say oh I know my critics there when I smell um, cigar smoke interesting you know and there in in walks this heavy set man smoking a big stogie and you know he's chewing on that cigar telling me I ought to get a job <laughs> so the the internal critic is, is one thing, and then you know there are practical things too that are are difficult. The the I don't I don't let a day go by when I don't either out loud or spiritually thank my husband for making it possible for me to write this book because to write a book you have to have unfettered time, and I was given a contract. I, I this book was purchased in advance of it being written. Step into nature. I I got a contract. I was given six months to write the book, mm. so I had to not teach very much um, because. You had I, to focus. I had to really focus. And um, my husband 
took care of me financially and in many other ways as well made it possible for me to do that so sometimes you know our creative lives are need various types of external support yes um, and and that's that's a challenge had i not had my husband had i been single or had he not been in a position to offer me the support i would have found a way to do it this book was as important to me as breathing right? mm. writing this book the six months i spent writing this book were the happiest six months of my entire life whoa i have never experienced so much joy and fulfillment and gratitude and a sense of being blessed in all of my life and so that probably is the beginning I, 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 that is my wish. Yes. I have five books that I know of that I want to write. Excellent. I know the next book and I know, I know, <laughs> yes. Uh, so that is my wish and this book will be out and I, I ask that you, when it comes out, that you all take a look at it. Yes. Take a look I at it. I can't wait. I'm really excited about that. Patrice Vecchioni, author of Writing and the Spiritual Life, as well as two other books of poetry. I think three, actually, right? Two, two books of my own poems and many anthologies of poems. Okay, wonderful. And her newest book, titled Step into Nature, we've been speaking about and actually hearing from today on today's show. Um, yeah, release date March 31st next year, which is just around the corner. Um I just think it's absolutely awesome that you're local, that you are enthusiastic and enlivened by the kinds of um, situations your imagination takes you into. You're willing to share them and you articulate so beautifully. Thank you. I just think it's art. Thank you. Really. Um, Do you have any uh, endeavors in terms of teaching places or situations you'd like to teach? That I'd like to teach? Yeah, maybe that you haven't ventured into yet. Um, I am taking a tour, a writing tour to New Mexico, in, um, and I'd never done that before, and the workshop filled within a few weeks. Wow. And I have 15 participants who are coming with me to Taos and Abiquiu at the end of April. Uh-huh. Um, I would, re- that, and that connects to, to what I'd really like is to, I'd like to teach in outdoors places. I'd like to teach in, in nat- nature places. Um, I hope to go back to teach to at Esalen at some point in the near future. There, I have a proposal they're considering. I'd very much like to go back there. Such it's a an, beautiful place at It's Esalen. an incredible place. Um, I mean, all of Big Sur is so special. Yep. Really. Yep. So yeah. I'm grateful to go most anywhere I'm invited. <laughs> wonderful. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being our guest today on Simple Life Radio and taking the time to come into studio and um, I hope that uh, I hope that it doesn't take too long for your book to come out. It won't take too <laughs> long at all. Soon I'll be at your store or across the street, and we'll be having we're going to have music April 9th listeners you know we're going to have hired some music and um finger food finger food and some of my students my children are going to come and recite a poem i wrote called ode to the wildflowers oh wonderful and that's going to be located at the carmel art association uh dolores between fifth and sixth in downtown carmel by the sea and until then if you really can't wait and you have to come see what patrice has at the store at Pilgrim's Way. The Not Untied is a current publication. We have a few signed copies left 
from our Small Business Saturday event just a few weeks ago. Great. Well, I want to uh, let you know that uh, there are other episodes of Simple Life Radio. If you enjoyed today's uh, show, you're welcome to check out what else there are. They're available in a podcast form, and you can access them a variety of ways. There's a listing on iTunes under Simple Life Radio. Also, simpleliferadio.com accesses all of our uh, prior episodes, or majority of them. And then, of course, our website at pilgrimsway.com. There is a tab there that links you right to the listing, and you can either download or listen online to those episodes. We have an event coming up at the bookstore next Saturday. That event is a local author book signing. Uh, David Gordon, who is probably more well-known as the um, wonderful voice at the Carmel Bach Festival, is going to be signing copies of his book, Carmel Impresarios, a cultural biography and uh, visionary Calif- of California women who, through music and um, uh, harmony, contributed to the community and the world. And so um, as of now, we do have a few signed copies in the store, but it's always so much better to meet the author directly, ask him your favorite question, and get them to personalize that signed copy for you. So that will be Saturday, December 20th from 1 to 3 in the afternoon. Would make a great holiday gift um, or something for your own library at home. Until next Saturday when we will return here on Simple Life Radio, just want to remind everybody, keep it simple. Zabadab, 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 zabadab